are listening to episode number 70. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dieter Randolph, and I'm taken aback by the number 70 for some reason. Can't think straight. This is the sound of my voice. And as we gather around today, I just want to say that the big deal for us is that as we record this, June the 10th, 2018, this is our 24th wedding anniversary. Yeah, and congratulations. I, yeah, congratulations. We did it, 24 years. <laughs> uh, you're a patient woman. And no, and you're a patient man. I have to say that, that you know, this. I don't want to make this all about us and all that, but I have to say that 1994, the year we got married, was the year that, once again, we got married, but it was also a year that our daughter, Raina, was born later in the year. And uh, it was also a, uh, a time when uh, we started a church. Mm-hmm. I was ordained and all that kind of stuff. A million things happened, and it just seems like uh, the flash of an eye. It's it's uh, it's amazing how quickly everything has gone and how wonderfully everything has gone. It's been an incredible road, and I want to thank everybody who's been with us. In one way or another, people have been with us since the very beginning. There are people who were at church today uh, who were there when the storefront church opened, people who were there at our wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad to be on this journey with those people. And some people have come on board as things have gone on, and I'm thankful for them, too. It was really a beautiful thing. Um, we didn't know they were going to do it, but the Crowleys brought us a, a happy anniversary cake. And Yeah, thank you so much, yeah. Tom and Sherry. That was amazing. <laughs> well, and they know that uh, we've had a little tradition in, in uh, our family for many years now. There's this, there's a little hotel on the beach that we go to to celebrate our anniversary, and uh, so it was sort of a beach-themed cake. If you follow uh, the church or uh, any of us individually on Instagram, there's pictures of that, and it's on our Facebook thing. It was too. a beautiful cake. It was, it was so – they did so well. And they got it half was, chocolate, half vanilla, yeah, which no, says a lot was, about – right? No, they it did their great. homework, was, man. Yeah, they, it was, did. they did. It was really great, but it was so nice to celebrate our love in the context of this family. And it has been a labor of love, but it has been a labor. We have fought to – get this church off the ground and really worked at it and not just us but a lot of other people and it's starting to take its own shape it's starting to tell us what it wants to be instead of us telling it what it needs to be and what a beautiful transition so i'm so grateful for everybody i'm so grateful for the little vacation that we had at i was the gonna Don say Cesar. i was gonna um, say enough of this church business stuff let's get to the real <laughs> no i'm kidding yeah. but but we had four days um at the hotel and it was just amazing i like how you said this little hotel on the beach it's not really a little hotel and it's, it's a historic hotel it's mm-hmm. one of the biggest things it's a huge pink hotel it's called the don cesar and if you're local you know what it's about we call it the summer palace we do but, and um, it's beautiful and you're completely and totally pampered and they bring you cooling towels by the pool when you're out there and it's just it's over the top and completely just unnecessary and insane the kind of attention that we got this week but well much needed and much appreciated so i I had a wonderful time yeah and and they have a lot of like they have complimentary yoga at sunrise which of course we did not do no and complimentary (laughs) you can you can get a jet ski Right, and paddle boards. And, and our and, son you know, was and all really that stuff. so. He said, Why didn't you do the jet ski? And I said, Because we want to sit still. Right, just it's, for a minute. I'm sure that's lots of fun. But in this moment, it's important to just take a moment. Right. So, whatever you're doing, take a moment to. I'm sure you deserve it. Take a breath, take a moment. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for 24 years. And here's to 
so many more years and so much, so many more adventures. And maybe one of those adventures can be on a jet ski Just, or a paddleboard. Yeah. But you never right know where I'm life tired. is going to take you. <laughs> <laughs> Our son will be proud. Yeah, it'll it'll be go. okay. Now we'd like to share with you June 10th, 2018, Water and Stone Worship Service. And the title of the lesson for this day was called The Good Shepherd. And it is number six in our I Am series. So the scripture passage for today is a long one. <laughs> it's almost a rim shot. I'm grateful for that. John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. Now, We've talked about shepherd stuff before. And one of the things that we've talked about is surely the people to whom Jesus was speaking had a pretty good sense of shepherd stuff. You could find a copy of Shepherd Life magazine in any doctor's uh, waiting room. It was a thing. People knew what was going on. But nowadays, it's hard to attach to that. I mean, I appreciate a good sweater as much as the next Floridian, but I don't have a clear sense of what that means. And in part, we might go, well, okay, that's fine. That's a historical thing. But remember, Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do also in greater works than these. It's something that we reference an awful lot. But by extension, one of the things that that means is, whenever Jesus says, this is the kind of stuff I'm about, Part of what he's saying is, you ought to be about it too. This is not just me talking about myself. We know pretty well that Jesus was not interested in in tooting his own horn. That's not the point of this, right? So when he takes time to say, this is the kind of thing I do, part of what he's saying is, this is the kind of thing that you ought to do. Great. What does that mean? Because Jesus says something like, I am the good shepherd. And a lot of Christians, and myself in the past included, have gone, great, Jesus, good shepherd. Okay, what's a shepherd do? I'm not advising anybody go out and buy a lot of sheep. I think the carpet cleaning bills alone are prohibitive. But there's something else going on there. Because he goes on to say, the thing about a shepherd is they got skin in the game. The thing about a shepherd is that they are committed. And if you read the next few passages of Scripture, what he says is there's a difference between a shepherd and a hired hand. A hired hand, they're just there. It's a temp job. And so if predators come, if cattle rustlers or whatever come, hired hands go. They don't care. But a shepherd stays. They're in it. They're involved. They're committed. They have chosen something deep. They have chosen a profound commitment. And so as it turns out, whether or not you have certain feelings about keeping livestock, life works better to the degree that we can be shepherds of it. In other words, find the thing that you are in for. Find the thing that you are committed to. That when trouble comes, when it doesn't go the way you think, you don't feel inclined to run. And to the degree that you can find those things in your life, the life you lead works better and makes a difference for everybody. That's the deal. So what can you be a shepherd for? What can you choose? And there's that word, choose. Now, you know me. I use that word at the end of every service because it's important. In a lot of ways, your choice determines everything. But I'm also aware that choice gets a bad rap. There are a lot of people, well-meaning, spiritually-minded people who say, you know, I, I don't like to judge. 
I don't like to choose. And I get that. I have felt judged in different ways at different times in my life. Sometimes I feel judged when I tell people I'm a preacher. They're like, really? I guess I can't tell that joke. The truth is, I've heard that joke. Separate talk. But everybody knows what it feels like to be judged in that negative way. So I get it. But on the other hand, this is a baby in the bathwater situation. That doesn't mean we're supposed to just sort of drift through whatever and not make any decisions. Can you imagine going to a restaurant with somebody and the server hands them the menu and they look at all of the choices and they say, I don't like to judge. (laughs) What do you do with that? And there are people who live their lives that way, where they think they're supposed to just sort of drift through whatever, and as a result, they're not making an impact anywhere. Instead, life is impacting them, but they got nowhere to go with it. And that's not what we were meant for. If we are to be shepherds in one way or another, we are to use our power of choice in healthy ways. This is important. But you know that because over and over again in Scripture, the heroes that we have are people who choose. They are shepherds who separate the the sheep from the goats, who decide what to protect and preserve. The heroes in Scripture are judges. They get a whole book. They're kings, for example. And royalty, one of the aspects is I decide. I am the executor of this is what's going to happen next. They are prophets who decide what's going to happen and what it all means over and over again. In Scripture, the heroic quality is the quality of commitment and choice. And not just in scripture. I mean, think about the heroes that you have from your favorite movies or people who have made a difference in your life. They tend not to be the kind of people that just sort of drift through whatever, like some kind of weird spiritual jellyfish. Your heroes got spines, you know? Heroic qualities are the qualities of commitment and choice. Choose this day who you will serve. You know, that kind of thing. So what do you choose? And how do I know if I'm doing judgment in the not-so-good way, the way that's going to get me kicked out of the metaphysical bookstore, and how am I doing it? How am I using my power to choose in a way that's healthy, that brings about good results? How do I know? This is the question. And what we're going to talk about today and what we're going to share today is that there is a way to choose and make a difference. Part of it has to do with the basis of your choice. In other words, are you choosing based on what's right or are you choosing based on what's wrong? In other words, do you spend the time you have to make decisions, do you spend it based on this is what love says, this is what my calling says, this is awesome and beautiful and, I don't know, cool. I choose it versus I've got to fight the bad guys. That is wrong, that thing, and I must make it go away. Do you choose based on what's right or do you choose based on a sense of what's wrong? That's part of it. Put that a different way. When you choose, do you identify with the shepherd and try to make healing protective judgments? Or do you identify with the idea that, oh, some people are just dumb sheep? Do you identify with the shepherd or the sheep? I mean, I have Facebook too. You know what I mean? What do you identify with when you choose? And that will determine exactly what happens to you next. And the story, the story about this, one of those key moments in Scripture is the Noah and the ark story. And you know that story because I tell that story. You know that story because there was a song about it in summer camp. Arky, Arky. You know the one? You know the story. There's movies about it. There's a weird theme park about it. I'm not going because it seems creepy, but it exists. You know the story. Things are bad. 
gotten out of hand. And God says, okay, time for a reboot. And he finds Noah, who is a person of faith. And the quality of faith is the quality to see past appearances. That's what faith does, right? So Noah isn't hung up on the way things look, which is what makes him receptive enough to where when God says, I need you to build a big boat and get two of every animal, you know the story and the song and the theme park, you know what happens. Noah doesn't go, you know what, can't do it. I got stuff going on. That's what faith does. Faith shows up and faith chooses again. So you know the story. He goes and he gathers two of every animal, two mosquitoes, male or female. He does the whole thing, builds the boat, and the storm comes. You like that one? I'm glad. The storm comes, and you know what happens. You, you know this story. And about at this point, there are those people, when we talk about the story, who turn on the smug button. And they say, well, of course, you know, I've seen the Discovery Channel, and there are certain animals that only live in certain geographical locations, and Noah being fixed to one spot. Ah, oh, geez, come on, you're missing the point. There are people that say, well, of course, a certain boat couldn't be that big, and you're missing the point. These are the same people that if you try to tell them a joke, they go, well, surely we can never know why a chicken would cross the road, and we'll never know. <laughs> oh, stop it. You're missing it. As it turns out, that's never the point. Being smug is a defense mechanism. It builds a wall instead of a bridge. It's a cheap shot to make us feel like we know a thing so we don't have to learn a thing. When we're here to grow and change and give a little bit. There might be, and I know this because I have it in my own life, there might be things that you're smug about. Find ways to diffuse that because you're going to find beauty and love and fun. Because you just don't get the joke when you're smug. As it turns out, that story is not about that. Like every story, it's about something deeper. The fact that there are a lot of cultures with a flood story. The fact that we keep telling this story and singing the song and doing all the things that we do. There's a Noah's Ark on I-4 outside Plant City. I don't know why it's there. It's right across the street from the dinosaurs. That'll give you bad dreams. I don't know what's going on. But the fact that it resonates with us says something. The fact that the story has to continue says something about what's going on, not in history, not on the page, but in our hearts. The rules for interpreting any story, whether it's one in Scripture or whether it's one in the movies, or whether it's something that's going on in your life. This is the, the two things that will unlock whatever it is for you so that you can get meaning out of it, so that you can change your life based on it. Are you ready? The two things are, and you might know this if you've been in some of my classes, allegorically interpreted, personally applied. Allegorically interpreted and personally applied. In other words, an allegory. Paul says these things contain an allegory. In other words, a symbol. It's not just a story about something that happened in history or a tale that we tell or whatever. It's a story that represents something bigger and deeper and more profound, allegorically interpreted. But specifically, it means something for you. Every story is a story about something going on in your heart or you wouldn't think to tell it. Every movie that you think, wow, that's a good movie, the reason you think it's a good movie is there's something in it for you to live through. Otherwise, it wouldn't resonate. You wouldn't land. You know what I mean? 
allegorically interpreted, personally applied, means that it's not just a story about Noah and his arky arky. It means it's a story about you. It means that in a way, you're Noah. And you know that because you know what it feels like when God says to you, it is time to clean house. Each and every moment is a moment of growth. And part of the growth process is release and assumption, right? We move forward. We let go of certain things. And a lot of times that growth process is absolutely effortless. And we just drift through and we let go of things. But I don't know about you, but I have certainly had times when there are things that I hung on to so tightly and would not let go of that God has to say, all right, do you have an umbrella? And you've lived through that too. Sometimes we hang on to relationships and all of our friends say, this is killing you. Sometimes we hang on to jobs and we identify with the job. Sometimes we hang on to old ideas about what's right and wrong that the world just doesn't match up with. Sometimes we hang on so tight for all kinds of reasons and it's not about blame. Who cares why? Sometimes we hang on to stuff so tightly that God says, all right, here we go. You've been through it. You may go through it again, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because it's okay now. In those moments, what's Noah's job? In other words, in those moments, what's your job? In those moments, it is not Noah's job to go beat up the bad guys. Spoiler alert, there's no bad guys. It's not Noah's job to go punish evil. It's Noah's job to protect and preserve. That's all. It's not Noah's job to get a mop in a bucket. It's God's job to do the cleaning. It's Noah's job to protect, to take two of every animal that he wants to reproduce. In other words, to take what you want to have more of in your life and get it in the boat. That's all. This is a message for you. A lot of people spend a lot of time fighting what's wrong instead of loving what's true. Find what's right and get it in the boat. Find what's right and give it your love. Protect what's true and what's honorable and what's just. And let God do what God does. Remember that whatever we pay attention to, we get more of in our life. Well, you can't go fight something and expect it to diminish. It never works. Trust me, I've tried a lot of times. It never works. My job is to let God do God's job. But you know that. That's sort of a recurring theme, right? I've said many, many times that spirituality is the science of getting out of God's way. There's something really beautiful about that. I love that. That's kind of how it works. And you know because you've had those awesome in-the-zone moments when you remember that life is a little less like paddling and a little more like surfing when you do it right. You know? It's one of those things. It's really beautiful when you let God do God's job. So what does God do? There is only one presence and one power in the universe. So I know that I'm using my power of choice, that judgment thing that we started talking about. I know that I'm judging correctly. Remember Jesus said, don't judge by appearances, but judge using righteous judgment. Judge to use it right, right? So how do I know when I'm doing that? Well, if there's only one presence and one power, righteous judgment is judgment that brings together. Selfish judgment is judgment that sets apart. Use your power to choose, to include, to love, to uplift. 
If you spend all of your judgment time, sounds like a children's show. If you spend all your judgment time, kitties, deciding who's bad and who gets to be punished and how it's going to go, you are just making yourself tired. But if you spend your judgment time finding ways to uplift, include, inspire, and love, something good happens. In other words, are you here for the actuality or are you here for the eventuality? Because if I spend all my time thinking about outcomes, I never get where I'm going to go. Let me say that a different way. I know I'm messing up with my judgment when I'm trying to punish people. That's outcome stuff. I know I'm messing up when I'm trying to punish people. And I don't know about you, but I have worked through this many, many times. I'll put on the news or Facebook. I spend too much time on Facebook or whatever it is. And I'll go, well, they ought to lock that person up. That person ought to get what's coming to them. That person, that boy, they ought to X, Y, and Z. Well, what do I know? I am wholly unequipped to know what that person is working through. That's between them and God. The Bible says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, which is a really fancy way of saying the outcome department ain't your department. And there's that Charles Fillmore quote that I love so much. We are not punished for our sins. We're punished by them. We're not punished for our sins. We are punished by our sins, which is a fancy way of saying if you're a jerk, life will punish you all by itself. And you know that. Once again, if I punish the wrongdoing, I'm just doubling down on the wrongdoing. But if I love what's true, that's what grows. So am I interested in the outcome or in the moment? Am I interested in the eventuality or in the actuality? That's the choice that empowers And that sounds good, but i got to say it's tricky because we live in a results-oriented culture. People even say, are you results-oriented? Yeah, that's great. That means I'm not paying attention to anything going on in front of me because I've got a five-year plan or whatever. Five years goes by, and I wasn't driving the boat, so I'm on the rocks. You know, it happens. Where are you now? Are you paying attention now? Because eventuality is God's job. People spend so much time thinking about the results that they're going to get out of it. They work a job they don't like. They're in a relationship with somebody they don't love. They show up for stuff they shouldn't show up for because they think they're supposed to. They spend so much time writing a post because they want to get that like on Facebook or whatever it is. I got to tell you, I have forgotten this, and there have been times when I thought the end-all, be-all of human communication was that I clicked a heart. Oh, they know. I really liked what they said. I didn't even do the thumbs up. I did heart. Is this really what we're doing? We live in a culture where Yelp reviews have become a weapon. It's so easy to pass that kind of judgment, and it means almost nothing because it keeps us out of the moment. But the good news is the universe is conspiring for your success. The universe is conspiring for your success, if you let it. The universe is conspiring to keep you present, if you open your eyes for it. And you know that because over and over again, the story of your life has been the story of these little moments where God has said, hey, right here, right here, show up. And it's been moments of incredible beauty. It's been moments of, hey, you know what, if I hadn't been paying attention, I would have missed that opportunity to meet that person, blah, 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 blah. You've got those stories. 
And it also happens in stories of heartache where you had to show up because you had no other choice. And I'm sorry for those moments, but I'm not sorry that you showed up for those moments. You know what I mean? One way or another, easy way or hard way, the universe is conspiring to keep you present. Sometimes it's the only way. How else are you going to get a boat to the top of a mountain? Sometimes it's got to rain. Don't fight anymore. Find something to love. Find something to protect. And you know what? Some stuff will wash away. But if it goes away, it wasn't true in the first place. What is left after the rains go away was true the whole time. Find it. And you'll find yourself. What do you care about? Find something. That's what it means to be a shepherd. Hired hands turn tail and run when the bad guys come. Shepherds are in for it. If you read along in the scripture, Jesus says a shepherd will lay down their life for their sheep so that they can pick it up again. Now he's also saying, hey, Easter guys, Easter's coming. (laughs) But your Easter is coming. Your new birth is coming. Sometimes we have to lay down what we thought life was so that we can pick up something even newer and truer. Sometimes. Oh, think of the times you've had that experience in your life, big or small. You've had them. We all have. That's kind of how life works. Thank God for those times. Thank God that I decided to care enough that, that I didn't try to be anywhere but where I was. A defining characteristic of being a shepherd is caring. And that sounds weird because we live in a culture that says don't care, don't get involved, don't put your heart into it, just don't, don't. And those same people who say, I try not to judge, are the same people that try not to care. What's the point? It has become cool to not be involved. It has become cool to not care. The phrase, I couldn't care less, gets used so often. And again, I ask, then what's the point? Let us be the kind of people who are so excited about something that we say, you know what, I couldn't care more. I couldn't care more about this person, place, thing, this involvement, this art, this song, this whatever. Find a thing. doesn't matter what the thing is that you couldn't care more about because your whole everything is right there. How much skin in the game do you have, you know? Find something where you couldn't care more and you will find yourself. It's about deciding what gets to go forward. Now, as most, if not all of you know, today is our 24th wedding anniversary. Yeah. Thank you very much. I don't think I deserve much of that applause, but I'm the one standing. But, um, yeah, 24 years ago, she was making sure that the the ceremony was going to work right and being there for the cake, and I was playing golf. And that, that says a lot, but separate issue. But you know the deal. We met when we were very young and we grew up together. We made a lot of choices. And the the people in our families taught us some wonderful lessons. And some of them were what to do and a lot of them were what not to do. And I'm grateful for all of it. Everybody did their best. I'm not, this isn't me talking about people being bad. Everybody did their best. But just like a lot of families, we got to make the choice of this will go forward. And we will continue these traditions. And there were a lot of things where we said, "Uh uh-oh, that stops now. 
whatever that thing was that we grew up with. And it's no judgment on anybody else, but it's what we decided. But it was a beautiful thing to know that we could decide. For the traditions that we carry on that we grew up with and the traditions that started with us, we're grateful for all of it. Do you know that that word tradition just means to carry forward? That's all it means. And this is good because there are some people that say, oh, well, you know, racism is just a thing in my family. I just grew up with it. Well, you have a choice about what you carry forward. You know, this dysfunction is a thing I grew up with, therefore you must deal with it forever. No, that ain't how tradition works. You have the power to decide what goes forward, and you have the power to decide what stops. And there's probably a little bit of both in the story of your life, and that's beautiful, because this world is made up of the traditions that we choose together. There are things that somebody told you that you just had to have as a part of you forever, and I'm telling you that you don't. It's okay. There are things that can stop right now with you. They don't have to go any further. And there are beautiful new things that will rush in to fill that space if you choose it. If you choose it. If you care. We've asked a lot of questions before, and I hope you go back and think about some of those questions. Who do you think you are is my favorite one from the past, but there's a lot of them. I hope you go back and think about those because I think in the answers to those questions, you'll find some answers for some things in your own life. But the question for today is what will you carry forward? What will you carry forward? What gets into the boat? We live in Florida. It's going to rain sometime soon. What gets into the boat? What will you carry forward? Because the things that you carry forward will carry you. The choices that you make now will define your next experience. You know that call that it is time for a cleansing. You felt it in big ways or in small ways, in the news or in your heart and everywhere in between. It's time. But the good news is you don't have to fix this anymore. You don't have to fight this anymore. All you have to do is choose what goes forward. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you very much. So as everybody knows, if you were listening to any of the other ones, go back and listen to all five. We always ask a question you always ask a question well because there's a there's a piece of scripture where jesus says i am and if you've been doing your homework you know that the i am is a powerful invocation it is the name of god according to god humans have a lot of names for god that's god's name for god Mm -hmm. so it when jesus says i am he's not just saying hey it's all about me he's saying this is the baseline truth and as i said at the top of the talk it's not just jesus tooting his own horn it's him saying this is a quality that you ought to embody too if you want to have a functional life a closer relationship with spirit if you want to experience the miracles that are going on all around you but you want to experience them intentionally knowingly consciously Mm-hmm. then that I am is important for you to know about. This series has just been really near and dear to my heart because this is Jesus' way of saying, here's how to do it. And so I have been, had such a good time doing it. I've had such a good time with, there's this bookend. The the top of the bookend, <laughs> to mix my metaphors, is this, the I am statement the from I am Scripture. Statement, right. And the other end, because I usually bring it out at the end of the talk, is the question. Right. 
And if you have the statement and the question and you really chew on that, you've got your homework and you've got something that can make a difference in your life. Right. And the question for this time is, what will you carry forward? And I loved the metaphor of putting the stuff in the boat, you mm-hmm. know. The Noah's Ark thing. Well, yeah. but not only that, but if you grew up in Florida, and even if you didn't <laughs> grow up in Florida, you know, chances are you've been on a boat, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know, well, at least my parents always told me, they're like, everybody's got their bag. And when I was younger, when I was, you know, in my early teens, middle teens, um, we would go and I was certified. I was I was diving at 16. Oh, people tell me I'm certifiable, but I don't think that means the <laughs> not same the thing. Same, not the same oh, okay, thing. Okay, got not it. The same. So I was actually diving with, you know, oxygen tanks and all of that good stuff. And, and one of the things when you were on the boat, because space was limited, mm-hmm. you would have your own bag. And in one of those bags was like, we would have those um, liter soda, soda bottles. Mm-hmm. And you would fill them with just regular water, and that's so that right, you your could water have. For the day. Well, it wasn't just your water to it wasn't your water to drink necessarily, but it was your water to rinse your face off after you got out of the salt water. And you had your pack, and you had your stuff, and everybody was limited to what they brought. So that was the imagery that immediately I brought mm. up. I'm like, okay, I have a limited space, and what am I going to bring with me? You know, what am I going to carry forward? Because that's, that's where you're at, you know, and we just got back from a four day vacation and I wanted to bring my huge suitcase, you know, (laughs) but I was like, oh no, this is ridiculous and I can't do this. Well, part of the joy is not taking everything. Right. Right. I always think about when we go. A little bit of adventure, right? When we go camping and for me, part of the joy is the minimalism of Mm -hmm. it. But we see people out there on the campground who have brought televisions and inflatable couches and they've basically taken their whole lives with them. And I always think to myself, moving, moving is a traumatic experience. It's yeah, hard. nobody wants to move. Why would you want to do that every weekend to be out <laughs> in the woods? Camp. It seems crazy to me and it really well, seems I like think, a missing of the point. Yeah, I think you miss out on so much more if you just try to replicate your living room why are you doing what yeah. you're doing? And and those people probably have answers that make sense to them. And, and we're not here to. I'm not. We're not here them. to judge. I'm we're making, not here I, to I'm judge. I'm saying for me, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but that's the thing too, and it goes back to really the nucleus of this talk was about choice and commitment. Right. Those are the hallmark qualities of a shepherd. And that choice idea is really important because if Noah said, "I don't want to judge," then everything gets on the boat and nothing gets cleansed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All the junk, if you bring in all the junk with you, what's the point of doing the exercise in the first place? And this is you and me and everybody else, because just as I said during the talk, this story is about us. And so you have to think that every moment you're choosing what's going to go forward into the next moment. And so if you have no discernment, you might feel like you're doing something spiritual. I'm not judging. I'm just accepting all. Yeah, but that also means you're accepting the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You're accepting the old version of you before you learned how to grow. Right. You're accepting old hurts and emotional baggage. You don't want those things to continue. And if you don't want those things to continue, then you have to make the call. And that means choice. It's so funny. When we were in the hotel room, we were watching, there was an X-Files marathon and <laughs> we had gotten too much sun and, and we were just feeling kind of sleepy. And so we went back up to the nice air conditioned dark room mm-hmm. and turned on the TV and just had like a afternoon nap. That is luxury, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. But, I would rather have a nap than a jet ski. Right? Just Hello. Because <laughs> I'm a grown up. But one of the episodes happened to be out in the woods and 
one of the guides was placing stones on her way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I thought letting this stuff go doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Just place it down. It's Mm -hmm. okay. You don't have to have it ripped from you. It's just... It's just a part of something that you're carrying with you that you can just lay down and and leave. And it kind of marks your path. So you don't want to forget it. You don't want to forget that you've been through that. You're marking your path. You're marking your experience. You can you're, look back. You're, yeah. And you're not, you're not abandoning who you are or what well, made in you. In the same way that we can look back and romanticize now the times when we didn't have any money. Right. The times when we didn't know how certain problems were going to be solved. The times when it was really tough. We look back at those things now. Once again, it, it's a romantic notion. Sure wasn't at the time. No. But you have permission to just let something go. And that's important to say because I want people to know that they have that permission. But it's also important because for a lot of people, they want to punish that old thing. I need you to know what a jerk you were. You know what? They're not going to learn that. Whatever mm-hmm. the person did, they did. And this is not ever going to be about them. This is about you. So what I want us to get good at is removing the notion that we have to punish and that we have to fight. The goal is peace and oneness. There are those people who think that peace only comes from superior firepower. In other words, peace comes from scaring the other person so much or from throwing your weight around and either giving some kind of an ultimatum, threatening or scaring the person, if you don't do what I want, I'm going to do something bad to myself or somebody else. I'm going to threaten you. In other words, peace through superior firepower. But the thing is, that is a coward's peace. It is a bully's peace. And it ends up not being peace at all. Well, and it's also false because, I mean, basically the threat is usually empty in the first place because you really get to a zero-sum game, if they're willing to do that, well, then you're not going to be in their lives anyway. Right. So, I mean, it's like, so what's the point of it? It it doesn't even, if you follow the logic out, if you're just thinking about it and come out of that emotional place, it doesn't even make any sense. Well, and one of the things I wanted to say in the talk, but it just didn't, it didn't, the time wasn't right, is being focused on the outcome is not what we're supposed to do. And the example that that sticks out for me is there are a lot of Christians who say, I'm doing good because I want to get to heaven. Well, if you're being ethical because there's an external reward or punishment on the line, you're not being ethical. You're just buttering up the boss. But I would say, yeah, but I would say it's not even people that want to get to heaven. What about karma? You know, people throw around the word karma. They just change. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 they're doing stuff just because they're hoping for some kind of payoff. Right. Well, that's kind of crappy. Well, that's not ethical. It's external. It's not ethical because it's an eventual good. You're working for a payoff. Right. And the idea of the idea of that is the opposite of what we're trying to go for. Once again, what I said in the talk, and I really hope people retain, is stop thinking about the eventuality and start thinking about the actuality. Where are you now? Because that's where the beauty and the love is. It's a beautiful way to remember to be present. And I, I'm going to, I really am going to use it because I think when you brush up against something, it's just like, all right, am I putting this, I mean, maybe not my boat, but am I putting this in my backpack mm-hmm. that I'm going to carry around? Am I going to carry this weight around with there you me? Go. And that's kind of where I ended up was like, if I had to carry this, 
Am I going to be able to do the things that are on my heart and on my mind with all of this weight? Right. Because God and is the infinite, truth is but that this moment is time, finite. No. Yeah. This moment is finite. You have a certain amount of space in the backpack, in the boat, in your heart. So what will you fill that space with? Because that's what you will fill your life with. Absolutely. So I think that every time I'm up against something, up against a decision or something that I can carry forward or whether I want to have it in my life or maybe before I say yes to it, because I'm kind of a yes person, I'll, I'll say yes before I really think about it and then I'll get Which myself in trouble. Which is why we're celebrating our 24th wedding anniversary. <laughs> Well, but I keep saying yes every day. So mm. that's, you make it into the backpack. So that's, <laughs> that's all right. Yay. I'm like Yoda back right? there. Well, that's all right. We'll get, a, we'll get a little stuffed, stuffed, uh, feeder and stick you in the backpack. <laughs> no, but really, honestly, it, it, I tend to say yes. And then in hindsight go, oh, what oh, did I do? What did I do? Yeah. And then because I want to honor my commitments and I want to honor whatever I do, and I have gotten myself in a real pickle sometimes doing that mm-hmm. when I just didn't really want to do it. And then, you know, and then you complain, uh, you know, behind somebody's back about how you don't want to do it. And that inevitably comes out and then their feelings are hurt. And it's, and it's this not whole, their fault. And it's, it's not their fault. No. If you say yes to something you didn't right. want, then you're you're being deceptive it ends up turning into a lie but then you get defensive because you feel bad now you've hurt somebody and then Mm. you strike out and it's this whole hornet's nest of yuck all of that it's all because because you didn't say what you wanted right and and do you really want to carry that forward so i think i am going to start really saying let me think about it (laughs) and then come back and say yes you know if i really want to do that if i really want to carry that forward so um Remembering that no is a complete sentence and for all of the people and friends and, and, you know, people that maybe have hurt our feelings or done stuff that's been kind of yucky to us over the years, you know, bless them, Mm -hmm. release them to their greater good. And I'm not carrying that with me anymore. All right, this is the check it out part of our show, and this is where you can find out where we're going, what we're up to, what we're doing, and all kinds of things. And as always, we're doing all kinds of things. The best way to find out about what's going on, because you can get calendar things, you can get maps and directions, you can get more information, phone numbers, email addresses, ways to contact everybody. The whole schmear is by going to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. Waterandstonechurch.com is a place you can go to find out all kinds of things. There's a great calendar. The blog is there. There's a jumping off point to get to the podcast and all that. And in fact, if you scroll down to the bottom of any page of our website, once again, waterandstonechurch.com, there's links to all of our social media accounts, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and so on. And we always have some great stuff going on. Just a few things just to highlight them. And I'm not going to tell you about all of this stuff. I'm just going to kind of go down the list a little bit because, again, you can find all of this stuff all over the place. But we do Wednesday walks, and that happens on Wednesday mornings at 720 at North Shore Park. Come and join us for about a three-mile walk. It's beautiful. It's by the water. We stop halfway and get some coffee. We come back. We often see dolphins, manatees, all that good stuff. It is a beautiful time to celebrate the middle of the week and just have some walking prayer time. It's it's really great. And some really good conversations. And I know that you and I have solved a lot of challenges <laughs> that we've been working through. We sometimes came up with the name of this church on, on one of those, one of those walks. walks. I know. It's amazing. 
The other thing that we do is our Sunday sunset celebrations, and that's happening about a half hour to 40 minutes before the sun sets. We go and meet at St. Pete Beach. It's right across from the Dolphin Village. Again, there's maps and everything. Come join us. It's a nice way to put one week to bed and pick up another one. It's beautiful. You listen to the waves. And the evenings, the breezes in the evenings have been so beautiful. The summer, it's it's just really, really great. So if you're wanting just maybe just to sit there for a minute, listen to the waves, it's, it's super, super awesome. We also have men's groups and women's groups. And the men's group meets on Tuesday evenings at 7. And our women's groups meet at... Seven on Thursdays. And just let us know. There's lots of ways to contact us. There's a phone number. There's a website. Once again, you can just send an email to info at waterandstonechurch.com. Connect with us through social media. But please do let us know if you want to go to the men's group or the women's group because they meet in different places. And so we want to catch you up with where they might be that coming Sunday. So drop us a line. Absolutely. I also want to let you know about our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Go to the YouTubes and look up Water <laughs> the YouTubes, and Stone all of them. Right, all of them, all of the YouTubes. And look up Water and Stone Church. Or just go to waterandstonechurch.com, scroll to the bottom and click the YouTube link. Or at waterandstonechurch.com, there's a link at the top that says watch. And if you click that, it'll highlight what the channel's about, some of the shows on the channel. And there are a lot of amazing shows. There's the This Day show, which is, which is about cooking, but it's not just about cooking. It's about living. It's about what these things mean. It's about living a life. And it's just beautiful. And uh, I've put together some videos about how we pray, how we relate to each other, how we, uh, we try and deal with these teachings in real life, that kind of thing. And there's snippets from all of the Sunday talks. That's a great way to get those as well on the YouTube channel. Take a minute, go there, and please, please, please click the subscribe button. We need you to subscribe because it helps promote our channel. It helps us know what people are, are responding to and all that sort of thing. So take a minute, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and let somebody else know about it as well. But most important is our Sunday morning worship service. Mm -hmm. We meet at 11 a.m. every Sunday at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall. And the address there is 1000 3rd Street South. And if you are looking for a church family that is just so cool. Because we're looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. No, we have the best people. Mm -hmm. They are always showing up to volunteer. They're always showing up to give out to others. Um, we're doing a campaign right now with Operation Gratitude where we're writing letters to deployed um, troops. And man, they have just come out in force. They give of themselves all the time. And it is just such a beautiful community. I, I couldn't ask for better people. These are honestly. people that are making a difference in the world and sitting there in support of each other. Right. There have been a number of times when folks have said, I, you know, I want some prayer and support about X, Y, and Z. And this family has come together in beautiful ways. Right now we're doing Operation Gratitude. Next month we're going to volunteer at the Humane Society. Pretty soon after that we're going to do Feeding America. I know we're going to get back to Habitat for Humanity at some point before too long. All kinds of amazing stuff. We're making a real difference. None of this is abstract. All of it is practical. And yep, I'm so proud on. of this real family that's doing real things in the world. Once again, every Sunday at 11 o'clock, be there and bring a friend with you. Also... 
The last way that you can keep in touch with us is to text I am ready, all one word, I A M R E A D Y, to 84576. And that's just our text messaging service. It's a wonderful service just to let you know what's going on. It's how we send out our newsletter. And all you got to do is sign up, put in your email, put in your phone number, and you can stay connected to everything that's going on with Water and Stone. So we hope that you'll do that. We hope that we see your subscribe right there in our messages. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the ever-so-comfy orange couch. And the end-all be-all of Pinfeather, uh, the person who edits these podcasts and is half of the music that you hear during them, is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. We are so grateful for the two of them. They are just amazing. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. There's a lot of stuff that it means. It means what we'd love for you to go to the website, waterandstonechurch.com, and share everything you find. Take a minute and like the blog posts on Facebook or, or retweet the stuff that we do. Email it to somebody else. Find a link. There's all kinds of ways to share what we do, and that is the number one way to help keep the lights on around here. You can go to the website and there's a link that says donate. You can, you can support us in all kinds of ways. You can give electronically. You can shop at Amazon in a way that benefits the church and all of that. And we're grateful for all of that. We're grateful for you writing a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. If you take a minute and write that review, and it will literally take you a minute, but it makes a huge difference for us in the way that, that iTunes promotes us to the rest of the world. So please do that. Do things like subscribe to the uh, YouTube channel, stuff like that. But by and large, the most important thing you can do is show up. Be there with us for one of our amazing service projects, for the men's circle or the women's circle. Be there with us for a sunrise or a sunset. And most of all, be there with us at 11 o'clock every Sunday. I promise it's going to change your life.